That's better. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit better. <laughs> I always sit here with a magic eight ball, and I just uh, I just asked if we were going to have a good episode, and it said, cannot predict now. <laughs> of course. Oh. <laughs> Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Yes. Here we go. Demons discuss. Take 54, the one with the defenestration. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me, as always, is Angela and Jean. Hello. 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 And what are we talking about today, Angela? Chapter 28, Shadow of Night. Further meet Rudolph and his cabinet of curiosities. Ooh. A merry band of artists. <laughs> yes. And gossips. Ooh. Yes. This podcast is sponsored by our listeners who have opted to become patrons. Sponsors like some of our latest, Ginny and Amy and Betsy and Kirsty and Jennifer and Lisa. We see you and we thank you for your wonderful pledges. Um, we've recently updated our tier system and we've added rewards, changed out a design of one of them. Hopefully they arrive to my house soon. Hopefully. And we added a tier. Yay. Yay. But it sold out. <laughs> but we may open up a slot or two for more patrons in upcoming months and depends how we feel so gene be the voice of persuasion why should non-patron listeners join in what's behind the curtain what's behind the curtain well on the off weeks they're really off because you get our after show (laughs) (laughs) which is our they're off (laughs) we're off (laughs) god knows what and with the way things are unfolding this summer it's going to be an extra wild ride oh yes um as you move up the tiers, you get different kinds of swag, like stickers and pouches and totes and t-shirts now. T-shirts, t-shirts now. now. <laughs> yeah. T-shirts now and, and some extra special VIP treatment at the very highest levels. I have to say, I saw a new design of something yesterday and it was pretty cool. Oh, I love it. You guys will <laughs> love it. Well, actually, you guys will probably have seen it as of yeah, that's true. the time you're listening to this. So, Which design are we talking about? Something the tour to do sticker. with the, board, the book tour, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just made that yesterday and I'm just like, what are we? Well, they're hearing <laughs> this in the middle of tour weeks. So. That's true. That's true. Okay. <laughs> yes, that was a pretty cool design. We're time walking forward here, Val. That's right. I got lost. <laughs> yeah. I splintered off. <laughs> I got distracted. <laughs> you, let, you let go of the root of the tree, didn't you? I know. <laughs> I saw a squirrel and said, whoo, what's that over there? <laughs> okay, guys. So if you're interested, check it out. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. So on to our discusser emails. Who wants to go first? I'll go. I have one from first time participating discusser, Kayla. Hey, Kayla. Welcome. Hi, Kayla. Welcome. Welcome. She says, Kayla Rose here from Washington, D.C. Longtime listener, first time participating as a discusser. And I just love you three in the podcast. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Chapter 28 starts off with several funny bits, at least to me. The other women's shameless hunger for gossip after Diana saw the emperor's private rooms, Jack's comments about the statue not wearing any clothes, and isn't she cold? And Gallo Glass being cuffed by Teresa for his smart mouth. <laughs> yeah. That cracked me up. But, but his astute observation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was paired with the realization that Rudolph will only continue to escalate his obsession with Diana. And I think Matthew's comments about the statue drove that home for me. 
me. When he talks about Rudolph coveting people just the same as objects, it sends chills down my spine. The idea that the congregation goes along with this to appease him and even feeds his appetites is also gross to me, though not surprising. Yeah. I, love the, I love the connections between the women in Prague and how they are described. It was interesting that this was how Diana ended up getting access to Edward Kelly, although poor Joanna Kelly is clearly in a sorry state, and who can blame her? She is more or less a prisoner herself like her husband, except he gets to go out and about while she is shut away in the house with her wine and is sick all the time. After Edward Kelly's comments on burning witches to celebrate spring, I was cheering Matthew on when he held him out the window. Then Diana uses her powers to see that Kelly is about to strike her. Do you ladies think that is some form of seeing the future or is it just her picking up on his intentions? I tend to think it's more his intentions she is sensing, but let me know your thoughts. Anyway, this chapter certainly ends with an uneasy feeling that there is much more trouble to come before we leave Prague. Hoping to send in many more discusser emails and thanks for reading some of my thoughts. Kayla. Thanks, Kayla. Thank you, Kayla. Reference your question. Um, I don't think they're mutually exclusive as far as looking into the future and anticipating his actions. I think it could have been like a flash. She just got a flash of what he Mm -hmm. was about to do and reacted. So it could be a combination of both. I don't know how the powers actually work. I think... I think it's almost instinct to her intuition. Yeah. Um, just like her killing Juliet. That's still fresh in my memory from seeing the last episode of Discovery Witches. But just that that's was her instinct what to do. And that's how she solved the problem. Yeah. And Kelly's kind of weird, too. He's he's one that has a, a strand that connects to them. Yeah. Yeah, he puts out his own vibes. So I I think it's maybe a combination of intention and maybe she is more attuned to him than she might be to other run-of-the-mill creatures. Kind of like the way she was so in tune with Rakasa, like she could read the horse's mind. That's almost, that kind of is what felt like was going on with Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Jean, what do you have? Oh, I have an email from our discusser, Chloe. Hey, Chloe. Chloe. Hello, Demon Divas. I am so thrilled to get this email because I have good news. A friend was borrowing my copies of the books, but I have them back now so I can do a proper chapter review. Yay! It's time to get shiny. I actually enjoyed the chapters in Prague because they were so strange. It was something different. Gallop Glass acting when Matthew can't is comforting because you know that Diana always has someone at her back. I found the king amusing when he flirted with Diana only because I imagined Matthew in full blood rage. The fact that we find Ashmole 782 makes me excited that the mystery is going to be solved. I have read these books before, but it's still exciting when I read it. One of my favorite scenes in the book is Matthew holding Kelly out the window, threatening for information. I love the darker sides of Matthew when he acts like the dangerous vampire he is. Mm-hmm. Love the show as always. I can't believe we've almost finished Sun. Your vampire down under, Chloe. Oh, thank, thank you, Chloe. You. Thank you, Chloe. Okay, so I have two. I'm going to call them the Rachels. The Rachels. <laughs> the Rachels. We have two Rachels today. The, the one with the Rachels. The one with the Rachels. <laughs> First one is from Rachel Van Patten, reading the last names because we have two. She says, hello, demons. It's been a few weeks since I've read the books, which I burned through in about a week so I can catch up on the show. But two things from chapter 28 really stuck with me. How lovely Deb's description of the city and its inhabitants are and how truly awful Rudolph is. He's totally that guy. If I had a a nickel for every time someone had encountered that dude who just doesn't give a shit that you're not on the market, we'd all be retired and drinking on the beach somewhere. As always, looking forward to hearing your collective thoughts and insights on the chapter, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thank Thank you, Rachel. And from Rachel number two, Rachel Costello. She says, hello, ladies. I am a new discusser. I have caught up with your current podcast yet. Anyway, I saw your prompt and had to answer in an email because both I and my husband work from home. So I had the time. 
I wanted to say during these series of chapters I have always related to Matthew. My husband is an extremely handsome man and women are constantly flirting with him. I never understood why people think Matthew has control until this plot line. Every time a woman flirts with my husband, I cannot help but say something snarky, especially since they're flirting with him and we're standing so close together. It's obvious that we're in a relationship. The first time I read this book, it was an audiobook form and the voice character actor was so talented, I instantly thought this emperor guy was creepy. <laughs> I get- <laughs> we did, you know, before yeah. we started recording, we said, he sounds like a demented Muppet. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, I giggle at all the gifts Diana receives and love the necklace Matthew gives Diana. Anyway, having been to Prague before, I can see the city as Deborah had written it. I even saw the Alchemical Museum in person, but I wish I can go back and see it through the new lens of A Discovery of Witches. Have a nice day, Rachel. Thank Thank you, you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. I was on Matthew's side this whole fucking time. I know. Yeah. (laughs) It's like he's trying to keep it all together and it's just not happening for him because Rudolph is being a dick. Oh, God. A huge dick. I mean, the the first time around, though, and this is a spoiler alert, so mute your phone or or us for 10 seconds if you don't want to hear from the Book of Life, my thoughts on the Book of Life. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was jealousy, but now I can feel it's the mating instinct. And like, Diana really could have used a coin right now to send him, you know, just to calm him down and. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. Talk him off the ledge. Yes. I still got you, boo. Yes, I still got you. Yes. I'm not leaving. I'm still here. But you know when you're jealous like that or, or the mating instinct, I mean, you're irrational. You think everybody. Well, fuck he, yeah. He's kind of irrational. But on the other hand, it's like he also knows that I kind of get the feeling that Diana's underestimating Rudolph a little bit. And she just sees him as kind of a boob and a buffoon. And, and Matthew's kind of also raging because it's like, oh, he may be stupid, but he's cunning. And yeah. he's Rudolph got a lot of power. what he's and, doing. And it's not something to trifle with, Diana. This isn't yeah. like the little undergrad who's got a crush on you in your survey class. Yeah, no. Rudolph knows exactly what he's doing. And it's mm-hmm. worked before. And nobody's going to tell And Matthew's also very right when he says no one, nobody's going to tell him no. Well, no. And that's just it. That's what's worrisome to me is that they're at a time where you can get arrested. You can get taken. You can get put into a position that yeah. you don't want to be in. And sure, Matthew might be able to get him out with the help of Philippe, but it's going to take a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot can happen in that while. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not fans of Rudolph, apparently. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, guys, let's start the wagon right here. And this chapter discussion is brought to you by Jennifer Wood. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Thank you. We left off in chapter 27 with Matthew and Diana in Rudolph's presence. Rudolph was already showing a lot of interest in Diana, not in good ways. <laughs> yeah. And they leave both us and Matthew feeling very uneasy. <laughs> we could make this a drinking game. You should just record Gene going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and every time you hear that play. <laughs> yeah, I'd be yeah. like, drink. Especially, especially in this, this section of the book, because it's just like, it makes my flesh crawl. Whether, oh. it's, whether it's coffee or gin, go for it. Go for it. Drink up, guys. (laughs) All right. So we open up chapter 28 and Diana is making herself part of the fabric of her neighborhood in Prague by mingling with the ladies of the local open market. So what did you guys think of this when we open up and we see Diana just chatting? The real housewives of Prague really have a thing about cabbage. Yes. <laughs> it's like they are obsessed with cabbage, for God's sake. What? What? I'm Czech. And it's like, what is it with the cabbage? 
I don't know. Do you not like cabbage? Are you not cabbage. a fan? I love oh, cabbage, no, too. I love cabbage, but it's like, and there are some cabbage dishes that we make traditionally, but we're not obsessed with it to the small. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the poorest gump of cabbage. Or, uh, I like red cabbage. Oh. I like green cabbage. I like pickled cabbage. I, I know. like <laughs> steam cabbage. cabbage. My God, favorite is it, like steam cabbage, yes. I think. Yeah. I'm feeling cabbage and bacon tonight. Maybe I'll make some. <laughs> oh, wow. That's <laughs> Napa, <laughs> now, Napa cabbage, which isn't tight. Technically, a cabbage makes really good slaw. Mm. I love slaw. I'm a mm-hmm. sucker for that. Vinegary uh-huh. slaw or creamy slaw? Either I do, or. I'm not picky. Yeah, me I make both. Do a hybrid because I'll use but I'll use both the kind of a mayonnaise base, but I put enough sherry vinegar, vinegar. and yeah. sugar. Sherry vinegar yep. in it so it's like tangy. There is like one recipe that I use for coleslaw, but you have to shred the cabbage otherwise it doesn't taste right. Mm-hmm. You have to shred it like on a cheese grater. Oh. And huh. it releases some sort of juices, magical juices. <laughs> I'm telling you. Mwah. And that tastes w- really well with the vinegar yummy uh, mm-hmm. slaw or or the mayonnaise based slaw. Now, so. do, you, do you use like caraway seed or celery seed or anything with it? I use celery seed uh-huh. often, but not a lot because it's overtaking. Yeah. I like to put a little bit of celery seed in my tuna salad. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> I <know>. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm getting I hungry. Sorry, folks. It's like we're recording at lunchtime on the weekends. So. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this may hungry. not be the last time food comes up. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say I love the marketplace banter here and the rumors swirling about what oh, Rudolph know. actually had in his place. And, and a uh, werewolf. What the, the, the werewolf. werewolf. Yes. It's like, God, why do the werewolves keep coming up in this in, in Shadow of Night? It's just almost comical. Okay, we open up with, did you see the werewolf, Frau Royden? He is the emperor's gamekeeper and my neighbor, Frau Habernamel, has heard him howling at the night. They say he, <laughs> <laughs> he feeds on in, the imperial deer running the stag moat. He's not much of a gamekeeper. No, yeah. he's not. I was say, he's, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten fired. Right. <laughs> so do you think this guy's a vampire if he's feeding on the deer? No, I, I think Frau Habernal is like hitting uh, hitting mommy's little helper a little too much. <laughs> and, she, and she's she's reading the pamphlets, the, the Peter yeah. Stewart pamphlets. Yeah. yeah. So Frau Hoover picked up the cabbage in her gloved hand and gave it a suspicious sniff. You know, the cabbage, it's got to be good. Can't let the servicemen shot for the cabbage because that's... Fuck no, they don't do right. Done. So Herr Hoover had been a merchant at London Steelyard and though she bore no love for the city, she spoke English fluently. And then Signorina Rossi says, Pa, there's no werewolf. She says, my Stefano tells me there are many demons in the palace. However, the bishops at the cathedral wish to exorcise them, but the emperor refuses. So, demons, people, I mean, these are humans acknowledging there are demons, but they need to be exorcised, apparently. Jeez. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Don't we all? Rude. <laughs> Although I, I have we're to say, about a different kind of exorcism. Yeah, exorcising. Oh, I was going to say, not so in the distant past, um, mental illness was taken for possession. Yes, that's yes. true. Okay, so Diana sets them straight. She says, "I saw no werewolves or demons, but I did see one of the emperor's new paintings." And you know, she's trying to distract these chicks. Yeah, so she, I love it. She goes, "It showed Venus rising from her bath." <laughs> nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> and they're, they're like, "Oh my God, girl!" Really? <laughs> wow. I'm scandalized. I know. One of them says, Emperor Rudolph needs a wife, a good Austrian woman who will cook for him because that's going to fix everything. Right. 
Uh, and then, and then, yeah, he'll co- she'll cook him cabbage for sure. <laughs> Good cabbage. Good cabbage, not bad cabbage. Uh, Diana's musing here. News of our admittance to Rudolph's private apartments preceded our return to the Three Ravens. And the ladies of Malastrana were lying in wait the next morning, eager for my impressions. After that, you know, Imperial messengers started showing up. Packages started showing up. And it's just like, oh, really? What's going on? It's like they opened up a can of worms like, what? What the yeah. She didn't even go, go on Amazon. These packages just started. <laughs> well, and then, then the Bank of De Clermont opens. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Very interesting. It was very loan sharky to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, uh, is he running a loan shark business? How does this actually well, work? What I thought is very interesting is that generally banking was left to those of the Jewish persuasion. Yeah. Yeah. And then okay. here, we've got, here we've got Matthew. Who's competing. <laughs> yeah. A competing factor. Okay, so she gets a package and she's like wondering, what could it be? And Matthew's what like, could it be? something we'll regret receiving, I warrant. And he's jamming the quill into the <laughs> ink pot, causing causing I, eruptions. I, I can't wait to see this because it's going to be like writing so hard that it's like tearing the paper and it's just like... He's, he's very obviously irritated right here. And he warns her, Rudolph is a collector, Diana. He's not simply interested in narwhal horns and narwhal. Bezor, nar, narwhal okay and bizarre stones he covets people as mm-hmm. well as objects and is as unlikely to part with them once they're in his possession she goes like kelly and she's like ah, but i'm not for sale and he's like ah, we're all for sale dude yeah <laughs> like yeah. this is true yeah. this is true and that's why i'm like right there is, is the whole well yeah yeah he's she, she's underestimating him like okay i've got yeah. this under control it's like you're not a femme fatale to begin with diana you really don't have this under control no he no no right and matthew's no. been around for a very long time and he's seen this movie before yep. and he doesn't like the ending <laughs> especially all. when it comes to his wife right yeah i would have to say so so what did you think of this uh statue of diana this elaborate drinking game <laughs> that, that apparently, it be. well apparently she was very nipply according to Kelly. <laughs> yes <laughs> Okay, so the latest gift is described as a two-foot-tall gold-and-silver statue of the goddess Diana, naked except for her quiver, riding sides. <laughs> quiver, God, riding. You could take that a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You're killing me. Oh, I've just gotten started. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's too early in the episode. <laughs> Blame it on Rudolph. Oh, God. Okay. Um, She was riding side saddle in the back of a stag with her ankles demurely crossed. Like I mean, that's going to help things. I know. It's all hanging out there anyway. Why are you crossing your legs at this point? But whatever. Okay. Yeah. And, and a pair of hunting dogs sat at her feet. She's and, ladylike. But she's dainty. <laughs> She's modest. Her, she's got her quiver after all. <laughs> okay. And then Gallon Glass is kind of like, I'm picturing the, the cartoon big guy where his eyes kind of like, like I'm I'm boing. Kind of boing. <laughs> I don't think Gallon Glass. I think Jack. Yeah. I think Galaga's like, I've seen uh, a dozen these how many times? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Um, so Galaga says, I'd say the emperor has made his desires known in this case, okay? <laughs> I'm not loving. This thing had a small key 
and it was embedded in the base and you turn it and it runs down the table and wherever it stops, take a drink. It's a great drinking game. I would love to have this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a really great drinking game. Anyway, um, (laughs) and Diana's like, hey, look at this. And Dallas is like, you're in no danger of losing Uncle's attention. It was true. Matthew Matthew was staring angrily at the statue. This whole exchange is so funny. It's hilarious. And here comes Jack. Is it a toy? Is it for me? Why is that lady not wearing any clothes? Isn't she cold? (laughs) Yeah, she's cold. I love this so much. I'm so I hope this scene makes the show because it's just like Teresa beating him on the head and him holding the kid by the collar. It's, oh my God, it, it's hilarious. So Galaglass peered at the statue's breast. I'd, I'd say she's cold. And then Teresa just cuffs him on the head. <laughs> Oh, Teresa's just trying to look out for these people. I know. She's like, God, it's getting unruly in here. All of you out. Oh, so uh, Matthew says, it's an automaton, Jack. This one is meant to run down the emperor's dinner table. And when it stops, the person closest must drink from the stag's neck. And then he goes, why don't you show Annie what it does? And he <laughs> he looks at uh, Galaglass and says, yeah, take them out of here. And he looks at Diana and says, uh, we need to talk. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, there's problems. And he says, you're in dangerous territory, my love. And here's where I thought, I think I, an initial read, I thought, okay, he knows what's going on. He he saw this from a mile away. And I think yeah. I saw it last chapter, even on first read. It's like, this Rudolph guy, he's no good. He's up to no good. Yeah. It's not good. So here is the, the rub in all this. He says, I've told the congregation that your status as my wife is a convenient fiction to protect you from the charges of witchcraft and to keep the Berwick witches, witch hunts confined to Scotland. Diana's like, but our friends and your fellow vampires know it's more than that. And the witches know there's something more to our relationship than even meets their third eye. Matthew comes back and he says, perhaps, but Rudolph is neither a vampire or a witch. The emperor would have been assured by his own contacts within the congregation that there's no relationship between us. Therefore, there's nothing to preclude him from chasing after you. And then he goes, I don't share, Diana. And if Rudolph were to go too far and Diana's like, no, you're going to calm your heels is what's going to happen. <laughs> but she has no idea. She really doesn't. No. Yeah. She's and he's so already gone worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. He's looking at the big picture here and it's like, yeah, she thinks he just wants wants to stare at her boobs. No. And Matthew's like, staring, I can handle. There's something else you should know before you go off and thank the emperor. The congregation has fed Rudolph's appetites for women and curiosities for some time as a way to win his cooperation. So the congregation is what ready to deal, too. They're pimping to him, for sure. For real. So the congregation wouldn't hesitate to turn her over because they can't afford to have Prague fall into the hands of men like the Archbishop of Trier and his Jesuit friends. They don't want Rudolph to become another King James out for creature's blood. So they're calculating and they're thinking, hey, if we give up this one witch, because if Keith Rudolph happy, eh, you know, so be it. Yeah, it's, it's the cost of doing business. And yeah, Rudolph thinks she's a free agent. Yeah. So uh, the solution is <laughs> wherever Diana's to visit the castle, she's to take Galaglass, you know, because Galaglass has become bodyguard as well as pretzel fetcher, as well as mm-hmm. whatever else they need Galaglass Nursemaid. For. Nursemaid, yeah. right. Babysitter. Yes. <laughs> Man. Temperature I, monitor. Yep. Okay. And the more Rudolph sees us together, the more 
active his imagination can be. So he doesn't want to hang around Diana and be protective like he wants to be. So he figures Galaglass is the yeah. next best thing to do here. And Galaglass may be able to wheedle his way into Kelly's laboratory. My nephew is far more charming than I am, Matthew grinned, but the expression did nothing to alleviate the darkness in his eyes. Oof. On to the next thing. Galaglass insisted he had a plan, one that would keep me from having to speak to Rudolph privately, yet will display my gratitude publicly. It wasn't until I heard the bells ringing the hour three that I caught my first glimmer of what his plan might be. The crush of people trying to enter St. Vitus Cathedral through the pointed arches of the side entrance confirmed it. So there goes Sigismund. There's that name again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Only it belongs to a bell this time. It's a bell, yes. And that's how you know you're in Prague, according to Gal Glass. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of people and uh, Gal Glass is telling her, hey, you know, it's dark in here. Give your disguising spell a good shake, he suggested. It's so dark in here that Rudolph might miss you. And so Diana's like, are you telling me to get shiny? And he's like, mm-hmm. Get shiny, baby. <laughs> get shiny, baby. <laughs> So the mass begins and she's looking around. She's looking at the style of the cathedral. She's looking at the ceiling and it turns out that Matthew built this ceiling. Mm-hmm. So we said last episode, mm-hmm. the episode before, you can get caught up in all of this and be like, oh, wait, what was the point of this chapter? OK, yeah. so he gives her the backstory of the ceilings. He was passing through Prague long ago and Peter Parler, the new architect, was too green for such an important commission. The first outbreak of the plague had killed most of the master masons. However, so Parler was left in charge. Matthew took him under his wing and the two of them went a bit mad. I can't say I ever understood what he and young Peter were trying to accomplish, but it's eye-catching. He made a pretty ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have a picture of that ceiling somewhere? I I'm sure we, we do. It's, it's almost tree-like. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which reminds me, I did already tweet out the automaton this morning. So, okay. The inspiration for it. And My she, new drinking game. And when she, I can and find she it. does have a little blanket over her lap. <laughs> she, but it's just modest. inspiration. So, Deb, <laughs> Deb tweaked it. Yeah. Tweaked it so she's naked. <laughs> okay. So, after all of this, Rudolph arrives. And then Gal Glass is like, there he is. Rudolph had entered St. Vitus on the second floor from the enclosed walkway that I spotted spanning the Mm -hmm. courtyard between the palace and the cathedral. He was standing on a balcony decorated with colorful heraldic shields, celebrating his many titles and honors. Like the ceiling, the balcony was held up by unusually ornate vaulting, though this case resembled the gnarled branches of a tree. Based on the breathtaking purity of the cathedral's other architectural supports, I didn't think this was Matthew's work. He took a seat... He notices Diana. I mean, she's shiny and all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he gives her a nod and Galagos is like poking her. He's like, curtsy. Come on. Do it. Come on. Let's let's get this over with. Let's do this right. So she drops down and they get through the mass. Then Rudolph Mm -hmm. just kind of scuffled off to the side. We didn't see where he went. So with the emperors and priests gone, the nave turned into a cheerful gathering place as friends exchanged news and gossip. Now, the thing that, that kind of struck me just in this whole thing is how she once again misjudges him and, and sees it kind of like in her mind, sees him as harmless. He's shy and reserved. Oh, he seems ill at ease with being without with the attention. Yeah, but like, 
That's so funny. Well, and, and it's true. Diana, I don't think she has a good sense of people. Yeah. Normally. Yeah, and and I mean, it just she doesn't. But, you know, you would find with a lot of people who are shy and reserved within a crowd of people that they don't know or understand. But when they want to make themselves acquainted with something, they go out of their way. You well, know I'm what just, I mean? Yeah. But, but in, the, in this case, he wasn't necessarily in a crowd of people because he was still up in the royal box and kind of... Right. And he didn't want to mingle with them. That's too much. I mean, yeah. just like the Discovery Witches TV show where Gerber and Baldwin are in the church, having a mass is very disarming. Yeah, that's true. And it's for show, especially mm-hmm. back then. So they get through the mass, no problem. All the tittering of the people begin. Strata was there. So was Dr. Hayek. Mm-hmm. Diana liked the doctor, but not Strata because Strata was a little bit he was very snarky. Social. He was very social climbing too. Yes. Um, and here comes Joris Habernell, I guess. Yep. yep. Galaglass, shouldn't you be hibernating like the rest of the bears? And <laughs> Galaglass is like, we should all be hibernating in this weather. It's good to see you in such health, Joris. Joris goes, I would say the same about you, but since you are always healthy, I will spare us both the empty courtesy. So we know he knows what's going on. <laughs> Galaglass yeah. is a vampire. And so the man turns to uh, Diana and here is La Diosa. And then Diana's like uh, greeting him and he's like, oh no, it's Diana. <laughs> and he's like, oh no. It's La Diosa, okay? Because uh, that's what Rudolph decided you're going to get yeah. called. La Diosa de la Casa. Spanish for the goddess of the chase. Uh, the emperor has commanded poor Master Springer to abandon his latest sketches of Venus in her bath in favor of a new subject. Diana interrupted at her toilet. Yikes. Well, that. Yes. Oof. More Jeez. naked ladies. Springer ended up paint, having to paint a lot of naked ladies for this guy. I wonder. <laughs> I picture this guy painting a picture in the middle. He gets like whispered in his ear and he's like, oh, God damn it. Grabs a whole bunch of white paint and starts <laughs> well, fresh, you know. He's like, God damn it. I have to redo this thing. So the guy introduces himself as yours. Hoffnackle? Hoffnackle. Yes. And Diana states the calligrapher and gal glasses correcting her the artist so ladiosa and so this guy knows her as ladiosa too so the other guy wasn't joking we can put uh, another link in the show notes because i know we've shared before hoffnagel's uh, art it's it's mostly like plants and leaves and stuff but his mm-hmm. penmanship is like calligraphy it's beautiful oh, oh, oh yeah. i know people like that jealous i think we'd also have a habermel compendium floating around somewhere mm-hmm. too. So he says, I am Erasmus Habermel. Would you be so kind to visit my workshop as soon as you're able? His majesty would like you to have an astronomical compendium so as to better note the changes in the fickle moon, but it must be exactly to your liking. So this other guy's like, she's coming to me tomorrow. A portly man in his 30s pushed mm-hmm. his way through the growing crowd. His accent was distinctly Italian. La Diosa is to sit for a portrait. His majesty wishes to have her likeness engraved in some stone as a symbol of her permanence and his affections. So now it's getting heavy. Now yeah. it's like, yeah. whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? Yep. Mr. Roney, he does these beautiful carved gemstones and things. We've got some of his pieces. We have pictures of those, I mm-hmm. think, somewhere. They look yep. a little like cameos, don't they? Yes. Some of them do, yeah. And then they're like carved bases for cups and all kinds of interesting things. So, Signore Miseroni, another Italian said, clasping his hands melodramatically to his heaving chest. I thought we understood each other. La Diosa must practice her dance if she's to take part in the entertainment next week as the emperor wishes. He bowed in my direction. I am Alfonso Passetti, La Diosa, his majesty's dancing master. And then here comes Matthew. Boom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the way he's the 
like he likes to do. Hi, I'm here. Hi, what's up? <laughs> Popping up like Andorra. But my wife does not like to dance, said a cool voice behind me. A long arm snaked around and took my hand, which was fiddling with the edge of my bodice. He's possessive. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. But not without merit. I, I will say that. So he goes, do you, Moncor? The last endearment was accompanied by a kiss in the knuckles and a warning nip of the teeth like, ow, you bit me. (laughs) 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 Okay, so Matthew's right on cue, as always, yours said with a hearty laugh. How are you? Matthew comes back and says, disappointed not to find Diana at home, he said in a slightly aggrieved tone. But even a devoted husband must yield to God and his wife's affections. So Hoffnagel watched Matthew closely, gauging every change of expression. I suddenly realized who this was, the great artist who was such an acute observer of nature that his illustrations of flora and fauna seemed as though they, like the creatures on Mary's shoes, could come to life. And that's what you were talking about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Well, God is done with her for today. I think you are free to take your wife home tonight, Hoffnagel said mildly. You promised to enliven what would otherwise be a very dull spring, La Diosa. For that, we are all grateful. Yeah. Diana's got some some shit ahead of her. And she does not know. I was going to say, and Galaglass just added personal assistant to his list of titles. Right. Mm. Huffnagel lingers back and he gives Matthew a little warning here. He says, I will keep an eye out for your wife's shadow. Perhaps you should too. And he says, my attention is always on my wife where it belongs. How else did I know to be here? And it's all getting very mm, like, yeah, what's going on? It's coming to a boiling point, it seems There's a lot of undercurrent. So, of course, forgive my meddling. The forest has ears and the fields have eyes. Huffnagel bowed. I will see you in court, La Diosa. And he's like, her name is Diana, all right? (laughs) Madame de Clermont will also serve. And then he comes back and says, here I was led to understand that it was Royden. My mistake. Hoffnagel took a few steps backward. Good evening, Matthew. And so they discuss the word. I don't know how to pronounce it in Dutch. Shadow. It it looks like shadow on Mm -hmm. paper here. It didn't sound like it in the audio, but now I see it. Yeah. Yeah. And she asked, does that mean what it sounds like? And he says, it's Dutch for shadow. And Elizabeth isn't the only person to call me by that name. So here we go. What is this entertainment that Signor Facetti mentioned? And uh, Matthew goes on to explain. Oh, nothing out of the ordinary. It will no doubt be mythological in theme with terrible music and even worse dancing. Having had too much to drink, the courtiers will all stumble into the wrong bedchambers at the end of the night. Nine months later, there will be a flock of noble babes of uncertain parentage. The usual. The usual. The usual. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells Diana, shall we go home, La Diosa? And he was being a little bit snarky about the La Diosa yeah. part, and she picked up on it. Uh, Matthew was distant all evening, watching me with heavy eyes as I heard about the Children's Day, and Pierre brought him up to date on various happenings in Prague. Uh, the names were unfamiliar, and the narrative was so confusing that I gave up trying to follow, and I went to bed. So she's woken up, and Jack's upset. He's crying in the night. And this touched me when she oh, walks in part. and sees Matthew trying to soothe Jack. And he says, my bones are flying apart. And I'm like, what? what is it Jack is going through? He bundles him up tight against his chest so he couldn't move. He's like, shh, I've got you now. And he continued to hold Jack until only faint tremors radiated through the child's slender limbs. And then he said, all the monsters look like ordinary men tonight, Master Royden. Uh, Matthew goes back and he says, they often do, Jack. They often do. Here we go. We have this whole thing, this initial encounter. Diana's got a whole bunch of appointments with a whole bunch of people doing a whole bunch of things for Rudolph. 
because Rudolph had decided he likes Diana and he's going to get her somehow. So he's going to shower her with gifts, give her dancing lessons. She's going to be a star in some play. I don't know. And Matthew has to just hold it together. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Blood Rage or not. I don't think I would. I'd be like, what the fuck? We're leaving. So and I don't think Mm. all these people at court are fans of Diana. They have to stop what they're doing and then attend mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. And and I'm sure they're worried that she's going to take their place. Oh, yeah. Well, especially with the mistress. I mean, one of the artists involved in all this, his sister's the mistress. Mm-hmm. Was it Strata? Yeah. Yeah, Strata's sister's the mistress. And then you've got Rossi is a mistress of somebody. I mean, everybody's a mistress. It seems like a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> Cottage industry. No joke. Okay, so the next few weeks were a whirlwind of appointments. The emperor's jeweler, the emperor's instrument maker, the emperor's dancing master, each encounter took me deeper into the heart of the huddle of buildings that composed the Imperial Palace to the workshops, the residences that were reserved for uh, Rudolph's prize artists and intellectuals. So I mean, it's all going to plan. It's taken some time to develop, but yeah. it's, yeah. it's what's happening. Yeah. And it's producing some things for the future that we need in other chapters. Yeah. It is planting seeds. So Gallo Glass, being her escort, is taking her all over the place. Others wouldn't have access to this stuff. The Stagmoat, the Greenhouse, all the places. Anyway. Well, except one. Except for the one, right? Yeah, that one. But there was one place that not even Gallaglass could gain admission, the Powder Tower, where Edward Kelly worked over his Alembic Mm -hmm. and Crucibles in an attempt to make the Philosopher's Stone. We stood outside it and tried to talk our way past the guards stationed at the entrance. Gallaglass even resorted to bellowing a hearty greeting. It brought the neighbors running to see (laughs) if there was a fire. But it didn't elicit a reaction from Dr. D's erstwhile assistant. Diana observes, it's as if he's a prisoner. Well, she was telling Matthew this later in the day. And Matthew says, Kelly is a prisoner. They say he goes home occasionally, usually in the middle of the night when there's no one around to see. At least he gets some relief from the emperor's constant demands. And then Matthew says, "Uh, you haven't met Mistress Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't. Perhaps I was taking the wrong route to meet the alchemist. I'd allowed myself to be swept into court life with the hopes of knocking on Kelly's laboratory door and walking straight in to demand Ashmole 72. Yeah, I don't know what she was thinking there. It's all about who you know, networking and all that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like rolling through your connections like we, I'm sure all of us do at work and I know we do in our hobby life. Oh yeah. (laughs) You You have connections. There's back ways to get everything. So she's with the ladies again at the market and she asked somebody, hey, Frau Hoover, do you know my countrywoman, <laughs> Mistress Kelly? What's up? <laughs> Her husband is one of the emperor's servants. Hoover comes back and says, one of the emperor's cage alchemists, you mean, Frau Hoover said with a snort. There are always odd things happening in that household. And it was worse <laughs> when D- <laughs> it was worse when D was here. <laughs> so remember that yes. one swapping we were talking yeah. about? Yes. <laughs> Kelly was always looking at Frau D with lust. Ooh. And so and Diana's trying to keep on track, you know, because you can easily get distracted by these side stories and she's like and mistress kelly and she doesn't go out much her cook does the shopping frau oh my god frau huber is like does not approve of this delegation of housewifely responsibility frau huber's got some really she's got she's exacting yeah exactly (laughs) she's a little judgy behavioral uh standards yep as they're discussing this exuberantly yeah (laughs) the purloined kitchen staples really gave me pause. 
Signorina Rossi is uh, chiming in. She's like, are we discussing the alchemist's wife? Like, hmm, I want in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, how much do you, how do you two know so much? She revealed, we share the same laundress, Frau Huber said. None of us have any secrets from her laundresses. Signorina Rossi agreed. <laughs> so uh, she used to complain. Yeah. She she thought the, <laughs> she thought the laundress was stealing her napkins. So oh, she got no. She's, uh, no, she thought she was charging too much. She's cheap. Oh, that's right. Charging too much to clean the napkins. There yeah, you go. she's cheap. So a difficult woman, Jane D., but you cannot fault her thrift, Frau Huber admitted with a sigh. So uh, Signorina Rossi wanted to know, why do you need to see Mistress Kelly? Diana says, I want to meet her husband. I'm interested in alchemy and have some questions. And Frau Huber's like, will you pay? Right. <laughs> What's up? And she's rubbing her fingers together in that yeah. universal signal of, hey, you got some money? And then, so Diana's acting stupid here. For what? <laughs> Hoover's like, for her answers, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agreed, wondering what devious plan she was concocting. And Frau Hoover's like, leave it to me. I'm hungry for schnitzel. And the Austrian who owns the tavern near your house, Frau Royden, knows what schnitzel should be. So they're headed off to get some answers. Here that we go. Get some good. schnitzel. That sounds really yeah. good. <laughs> Speaking of cabbage, yes. got the schnitzel. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. And a little spatzel. That'd be good. Oh, oh, perfect. perfect. Oh, speaking of spatzel, it's like Aldi's carries it in the wintertime in their freezer case, and it's really Really? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a reason to go to Aldi's. We don't have an Aldi's, but my sister has one. And I was like, what is this place? What's going on? She's like, you know, you have to look, but you find some gems in here. Yeah, yeah their, ba- their bacon is delicious. Yeah. Oh, it is. And it's not expensive. And um, they're uh, strudel. They have frozen strudel in Yum. their case on occasion, mm-hmm. too, which All is really good. German, which Austrian delights. <laughs> Bavarian Austrian delights. And <laughs> Eastern European. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Austrian schnitzel wizard's teenage daughter, it turned out shared a tutor with Kelly's 10-year-old stepdaughter, Elizabeth. And his cook was married to the laundress's aunt, whose sister-in-law helps around Kelly's house. Well, wasn't this something right out of like Clueless? <laughs> I can hear Alicia Silverstone going. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's all in who you know, baby. <laughs> or, or oh no, it's, it's uh, in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Or six degrees of separation. <laughs> My sister-in-law's boyfriend's mother-in-law saw Ferris at the... It was thanks to this occult chain of relationships forged by women and not gallo glasses, court connections that Matthew and I found ourselves on the Kelly's second floor parlor at midnight, waiting for the great man to arrive. And Joanna Kelly... She's a little sauced at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and in a few minutes, I, I really kind of understand why she is. Oh, yeah. no shit. Damn. I mean, what did you guys think of this first read and you're reading about her? Oh, he's almost as horrible as Rudolph. I know. Yes, yes. I'd be drinking. Shit. Oh, hell yeah. So Joanna's in there. <laughs> yeah. <All> drunk. <laughs> He should be here any minute. Joanna um, Kelly assured us her eyes were red rimmed and bleary. Though whether this resulted from too much wine or from the cold that seemed to afflict the entire household was not clear. Oh, it was clear to me. She'd been drinking. Mm-hmm. So Matthew was like, do not trouble yourself on our account, Mistress Kelly. We keep late hours. How do you like your new house? Oh, man, that was not the question. <laughs> right. <laughs> here we go. 
Here it is explained after much espionage and investigation among the Austrian and Italian communities, we discovered that the Kellys had recently purchased a house around the corner from the Three Ravens and a complex known for its inventive street sign. Someone had taken a few leftover wooden figures from a nativity scene, saw them in half and arranged them on a board. They had in the process removed the infant Jesus from his uh, crescent and replaced it with the head of Mary's donkey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yikes. The donkey in the cradle meets our needs as present, Master Royden. And she goes on to say, we had thought the emperor would set aside a house for us in the palace itself. See, they're not unlike the D's here, where she's yeah. like, they assume that we'd get a little place in the palace, but they kind of stiffed us here. Yeah. <laughs> given Edward's work, but this will do. A regular thumping sounded on the winding stairs. Here is Edward. So here we go. Here we meet this guy. He was fond of his dinners, gauging by his Falstaffian proportions. And when I first read this, I was like, Falstaffian, Falstaffian. And then I had to look it up and I was like, Shakespeare. Yeah, That's Falstaff. Why. Yeah, yeah, Falstaff. This is a jolly old dude. And Except he's not so jolly. No, this one, no. So, yeah, he's just walking into the house, la-di-da, and then he looks at Matthew and he's like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew rewarded the man with another one of those dazzling smiles and says, Edward. (laughs) I think we saw one of those smiles this season. Mm -hmm. I can't wait for more. Imagine us meeting again so far from home. And then Edward's just like, how did you? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) He looked around the room and his eyes fell on me with a nudging glance that was as insidious as any I had felt from demons. But there was more disturbances in the threads that surrounded him, irregularities in the weaving that suggested he was not just demonic. He was unstable. His lips curled. The witch. So that right there would have put like if I was Diana, that would have put me on edge and I Mm -hmm. would have watched everything like uh, we were saying with Kayla's email. Like she was just hyper aware after that. She saw Mm -hmm. he was unstable it's not good her senses were up but i I think like gene said that they're the threads are tied together and he knows something she knows something and they sense it in each other immediately they recognize Mm -hmm. each other for being able to recognize something that they have in common which is the book because this is the first time that diana's mentioned threads that aren't basically attached to matthew too Mm -hmm. i mean or or time true so his lips curled the witch. And then Matthew said, the emperor has elevated her rank just as he did yours. She is now La Diosa, the goddess. Do sit down and rest your leg. It troubles you in the cold, as I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, this is like something from the boys from Brazil. Oh, Lord. You know, he's not, Edward's not having it. He's like, what business do you have with me, Royden? Joanna says, he's here on behalf of the queen, Edward. I was in my bed. <laughs> I get so little rest. And because of this dreadful ague, <laughs> ague again, <laughs> I have yet to meet our neighbors. You did not tell me there were English people living so close. She's upset and drunk. I don't, I kind of <laughs> don't blame her. I mean, if she, there's nobody around, she can even talk to. I, I know. see why she hit the bottle. Married to that? Oh, my God. Not only married to that, but his activities that he (laughs) not even encourages, forces her to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's also unsavory. I know. So she goes on. She goes, I can see Mistress Royden from my house, from the tower window. You are at the castle. I am alone, longing to speak my native tongue. And yet. And then Kelly's like, go back to bed, my dear. Dismissing Joanna. Take your wine with you. Drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Jerk. 
Oh, God. So she shuffles off upset and sad because she can't have any friends and she's drinking and all of that. Poor Mrs. Kelly. Edward gets down to it. Tell me what I must do to get rid of you, he said bluntly. Kelly might have Kit's cunning, but he had none of his charm. Wow. That's pretty bad. <laughs> when Diana's admitting that Kit's charming. Yeah. 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 There oh, is. I, I admire his directness. That's how I talk, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What do you want? Blink, What's blink. the bottom line? <laughs> so, you know, Matthew gives it to him straight. The queen wants you. We want Dee's book. <laughs> Edward's Which like, book? Huh? What book? Huh? <laughs> and so here comes Matthew. For he's, charlatan, you're an abominable liar, Kelly. Yeah, he's cunning, but he ain't that cunning. <laughs> How do you manage to take them all in? And then Matthew swung his long booted legs onto the table. And then Kelly cringed when the heels struck the surface. Here comes Kelly. He's blustering. If Dr. D is accusing me of theft, then I must insist on discussing this matter in the emperor's presence. That dude's not going to protect you. Yeah. Matthew's like, where is it, Kelly? Is it in your laboratory and Rudolph's bedchamber? I will find it with or without your help. But if you were to tell me your secret, I might be inclined to let the other matter rest. Then he plays a congregation card. I love it. He's just being casual. He's picking a speck at his breeches like, hmm. The congregation is not pleased with your recent behavior, Kelly. He took Kelly's staff. He picked up Kelly's staff, which, you know, Kelly dropped on the floor because he's all flustered. And then he touched the worn end to Kelly's neck. Is this where you touched the tapster at the end where you threatened his life? And then he says, that was careless, Edward. All this pomp and privilege has gone to your head. He's and calling undue attention to himself in violation of the covenant. Mm. Kelly's like, I can't help you. And then Matthew's putting pressure on the stick here. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Kelly, uh, he's rubbing his hand across his face. And then he's like, it's the truth. The emperor took the book from me when? And then uh, Diana's chiming in. She's like, when what? She's all excited. You know, she's she's going to hear something. And then Kelly, he's being kind of nasty to Diana. He says, you must know more about this book than I do. You witches were not surprised to hear of its existence, though it took a demon to recognize it. God, he's so full of himself. Uh, Matthew chimes in again. I'm losing my patience, Edward. My wife asked you a question. Answer it. Kelly comes back. He says, you hate witches. So everyone believes. But I see now that you share Gerbert's weakness for the creatures. You are in love with this one, just as I told Rudolph. Damn. So uh, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Edward. And, and people hate Kit. Yeah, He's this, worse. Kit at least sweetens it up with some nice, funny snark. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, I'm just saying he, he runs to Rudolph, which is probably 10 times worse than whoever Kit blabbed to. Telling the villagers <laughs> about Diana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this one just went straight to the fucking source. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> Here's another thing. He brought up Gerbert. Yeah, here comes a whole skin crawling passage. Yeah, Whoa. like Gerbert. <laughs> so Massey's term was flat. Gerbert. Kelly mm. nodded. He came when D was still in Prague asking questions about the book and nosing about my business. Rudolph let him enjoy one of the witches from the old town. A 17-year-old girl and very pretty with rosy hair and blue eyes, just like your wife. No one has seen her since, but there was a very fine fire that the Walpurgis knocked. Well, they said spelled it out. Walpurgis night. Okay, Walpurgis knocked. Gerber was given 
the honor of lighting it. Kelly shifted his eyes to me. I wonder if we will have another fire this oh, year. No. <laughs> just, yeah, that no. was uncalled for, Edward. You know you were wrong for that. You just lit the powder. Yeah, you just lit the powder. Yeah. It's on its way to the keg. Okay. So, here we go. Next thing we know, Matthew's holding Child. Kelly out by his ankle over the fucking street out the window. <laughs> like, okay, you had it coming. You had it coming. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Edward is uh, getting some schooling from Matthew. Look down, Edward. It's not a steep fall. You would survive it. I fear you might break a bone or two. I would collect you and take you up to your bedchambers. That has a window, too, no doubt. Eventually, I'll find a place that is high enough to snap your sorry carcass in two. By then, every bone in your body will be in pieces, and you would have told me what I want to know. Matthew turned black eyes on me when I rose. He said, sit down. No, he and said, sit down. His eyes, no. his eyes were black. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Sit down. <laughs> there, that's better. He added a plea. He tacked the pleas on the end, too. And then he turned around yes. and he's like, please. <laughs> I forget myself. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just to know, it's, this is not like something new that Matthew just dreamt up. This is like a no, tried, this is... tried and true sport in Prague. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. He. he... <laughs> And apparently uh, Matthew has done this before as quickly yes, yes, as he yes. was ready to use that tool. So Edward is talking now. He says, D's book shimmered with power. I could smell it the moment he pulled it off the shelf at Mortlake. He was oblivious to its significance, but I knew. Kelly couldn't talk fast enough now. When he paused to take a breath, Matthew shook him. He was like, <laughs> The witch Roger Bacon owned it and valued it for a great treasure. His name was on the title page, along with the inscription, Verum Secretum Secretorum. But Diana says, but it's nothing like the Secretum, I said, thinking of the popular medieval work. That's an encyclopedia. This one has alchemical illustrations. And then Kelly says, the illustrations are nothing but a screen against the truth, Kelly said, wheezing. That's why Bacon called it the true secret of secrets. And then Diana's really getting into this conversation. Never mind, he's hanging out the window right. but whatever <laughs> well me, me too <laughs> diana wants to know what does it say were you able to read the words and uh kelly's like perhaps so matthew pulled him up back inside at this point because he's giving answers now and he's straining up his robe and then matthew's like uh yeah he couldn't read the book either <laughs> <laughs> you stink of lies he can smell the duplicity through the fear <laughs> sit down please <laughs> 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 oh, oh god so kelly says it's written in a foreign tongue not even rabbi Lowe could decipher it and then matthew wants to know the maharal has seen the book here comes kelly he's giving away more secrets apparently you didn't ask rabbi Lowe about it when you were in jewish town to seek out the witch who made this clay creature they call the golem the golem nor could you find the culprit in his creature and kelly looked contemptuous here so much for your famous power and influence you couldn't even frighten the Jews. You know, Kelly keeps putting his foot in his mouth because he's got a dick swing. Yeah. And it never yeah. ends well for him. You would think he'd learn. Well, he's been living high in the hog under Emperor Rudolph, so he thinks he's more important than he right. actually is. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then it's like, look at what I know. Right. Exactly. Good for you. Thank you for telling us because now I know. 
Diana chimes in and she says, I don't think the words are Hebrew. Uh, and she was remembering the fast moving symbols. Kelly said they aren't. The emperor had Rabbi Lowe come into the palace just to be sure. His eyes shifted to his staff and the threads around him warped and twisted. An image came to me of Kelly lifting his staff to strike someone. What was he up to? Then I realized he was planning on striking me. An unintelligible sound broke free from my mouth. And when I held out my hand, Kelly's staff flew straight into it. My arm transformed into a branch for a moment before returning to its normal outlines. I prayed that it had all happened too fast for Kelly to perceive the change. The look on his face told me my hopes were in vain. He saw it. Don't let the emperor see you do that, Kelly smirked, or he'll have you locked away. Yet another curiosity for him to savor. I told you what you wanted to know, Royden. Call off the congregation's dogs. Then Matthew says, I don't think I can. You're not harmless, no matter what Gerber thinks. I'll leave you alone for now. Don't do anything more to warrant my attention, and you may just see the summer. He tossed the staff in the corner. Good night, Master Kelly. And then <laughs> Kelly, he had to have the last word here. He says, enjoy your moment in the summer. On which they pass quickly in Prague. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, Yikes. You're right. Not unlike Kit. Having to get yeah. the last jab in there, even though yeah. he could. Oh, yeah. 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 Raise the ire all over. So she says, I can still feel his nudging glances in the street. And when I look back towards the donkey and cradle, the crooked and broken threads that bound Kelly to the world shimmered with malevolence. There we go. Malevolence. That's that's the end of chapter 28. You guys have anything to add? No. I just love that when they mention Rabbi Lowe that a new thread is born. I mean, a new new path. Here we go. Yeah. And what a teaser for the next chapter. Yes. Yeah. My last thought here is Kelly's only in one chapter, but he comes off way worse than Kit. Mm-hmm. He does. He's got no redeeming qualities. He is, I mean, he is evil. No, there's nothing likable about him. No. And the, I think the only thing that saves him that he has the ability to decipher, use some of his demonic traits. To me, I keep harking back to the tiresome every other week. Oh my God, I hate Kit. And then, <laughs> you know, 400 people chiming in with, oh my God, I do too. Okay, people, he's not designed for you to like. Yeah, but, but the funny thing is, yeah. when you put it on a continuum, it's like, okay, I understand he's not Hamish, he, but there, there's reasons for them to be constructed the way they are. But when you put Kelly and Kit together, yeah, yeah, it's like, Kelly's not tempered by any kind of emotion or feeling. He's no. just nasty and yeah. evil and out for himself. It's people's lizard brains as yeah. far as Kit is concerned because he's in love with Matthew. Oh, I know. No, I know. But you you would think that that should, to me, in a way, it should be a point of empathy. Yeah, it's, it's a touchstone where, well, you got to have some empathy there. But with Kelly, there's like not a single, even when you stand in his shoes, it's just like, man, this guy's a raving asshole. Yes. And crazy. crazy. Well, he's crazy, but not crazy enough to to be beyond being the total grifter that he is. Yeah. yeah. He knows right from wrong. He knows right from wrong. And he's a total grifter and he'll even throw his own wife under the bus or into his his Mark's bed. Diana comparing to him to broken and twisted threads would like seeing a muddy aura. Mm-hmm. The person's yeah. not insane. They're not mentally ill. They're just bad. Yeah. Their priorities are all fucked up. Yeah. Too. Just point is, is he's way worse than nobody ever even brings it up. Yeah. As the TV show made people see Baldwin in a different light and like him more or like mm-hmm. him for the first time, that's not going to happen for Kit, I don't think. Unless they cast Lin-Manuel. 
<laughs> but I just and think, you know, we're, th- we're saying people don't like Kit now and it's on continuous loop. I think that's going to increase by tenfold is my warning. Oh, yeah. When we, when we see his devious actions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, going once, going twice. Anything? Sold. Sold. All right. Let's go on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. Who's got something? I have something from Lindsay. Go, Jean. Okay. And welcome, Lindsay's first time we're yes, from her. Yes, first time uh, writer inner. Yeah, writer inner. <laughs> there we go. Correspondent. Yes, I, I, yeah. like, I do have a vocabulary. Some days it just escapes me. I, I, I like it. I like the substitution. Writer inner. Yes. I know. Yes. That's good. That goes along with novelty. That That's up to yes. us. <laughs> I'm brand new to podcasts and I have absolutely fallen in love with Demons Discuss and it's the only one I listen to. I first heard about you through Deb's blast email several months ago and I just kept listening. I'm a therapist, which is often stressful and emotionally taxing, and I always listen to your podcast while I'm driving home at the end of the day. You are also intelligent, creative, and funny, and you always help me detach from my work and puts me in a good mindset to go home. I am so grateful to you and your work and I look forward to more. Lindsay. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, we're touched by that. God, I know. Oh, I'm verklempt. Lindsay, let me tell you a secret. This is therapy. I was going to say, yeah. this is therapy for us, too. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you all. This housekeeping segment was brought to us by Wendy Taylor. Yay! Thank Yay, you, Wendy. Wendy. Oh, okay. So, Angela, what do you have for us? I have the one with the Rachels part two. Oh, God. <laughs> this, this episode should have been the one with the Rachels. <laughs> yes, yes. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's the name of the housekeeping, I guess. Hey, demons, just a quick message to share that y'all are as delightful as fuck. Far too many oh, fandom shit. podcasts Woo! lack the qualities y'all bring to the table. Intellectual curiosity and depth, intuitive ability to break down the ways in which fandom is intrinsically connected to the thematic and narrative structures of the work in question, wicked and authentic senses of humor. I'll pause there just to reflect. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and you know that we appreciate a comment that we're as delightful as fuck. Oh. Who would want to be described <laughs> as that? Oh, man. I really want to put, can I put that on a business card? Delightful as fuck. Jean, what do you bring to the table? Well, I am as delightful as fuck. I'm going to put that on my email signature at work. Delightful as fuck. And we say that with sincerity, by the way. No yes. joke. God, wow. I feel like uh, I've achieved something in my adult life. You right? Oh, thank you, Rachel. Thank, thank you so much. That is so awesome, Rachel. Thank you. I don't know. I'm going to just pause a second again. I don't know if you guys think the same thing, but when I get, when we three get a comment, I'm like, well, they got to be talking about Val and Jean and really not me. I don't know if you guys ever think the same thing where you're like, are they really talking about me or does that? They're not. You know, <laughs> I always think yeah. they're talking about Jean and they're talking about Angela because you two crack me the fuck up all the time. <laughs> That's funny. No, if, if it was ridiculous as fuck, I'd think it was probably me. Anything else? <laughs> No. <laughs> Anyways, well, we don't take ourselves too seriously. No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> not God, at all. No. no. Okay. All right. So I have one. Wait, oh, you I'm wanna... not even done. Oh my God. <laughs> Go, Angela. She goes on to say, it warms my cockles of my cynical and jaded Gen X heart to find the kindred fandom spirits who speak my language. Currently working my 
my way through the podcast and I'm really appreciating both your serious discussion of the works and your lighthearted and real life, LOLing, inspiring banter. Well done. Looking forward to discussing this awesome series with you, Rachel. Thank you, Thank Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. The Rachels. Uh, <laughs> Rachel squared. <laughs> oh my God. And she appreciates wow. the Gen Xer in us. Yes. Listen, we love the boomers. We love the millennials in our own way, but sometimes yes. it's tough being a middle child, okay? It is it's way <laughs> tough being the middle child, especially the middle child who came of age. And, and we get ignored often. We do the in the media. Everything. They ignore us totally. But hey, we're here to keep it alive, man. Yeah. Whatever. I think it was the New York Times. They posted this, how everything that was wrong with Gen X. And after you read it, you're like, that just said everything that was right with Gen X and how we set yeah. up the future for what everything millennials can do today. I don't get Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> It's Millennials. Only, it's only 1 you. p.m. and this is the mood we're in now. <laughs> that was a good email. Boomers, yeah. we love you. But it's about Gen X today, okay? Okay. Yuppers. All right. Okay, so I have something from Chris. And Chris, uh, this is her first time writing in. Oh, Chris, yay. welcome to, what did you say, Jean? What was I said yay. Writer, no, no, no. Writer inner. Yes. Writer inner. Yes, sir. A new writer inner. <laughs> but Chris is actually a discusser. She did sign up to be a discusser. So, hi, Chris. Um, she says, hello, demons. I had to email you because I don't think anyone else would appreciate it. Ha ha. I've been looking, <laughs> I've been looking for anything written or edited by my late uncle, Douglas Radcliffe Umstead, and found two titles online from a used bookstore in Pittsburgh. When I received the package today, I had quite a laugh. Fucking Fire Drake. <laughs> she sent a picture of covers of two books and these Fire Drakes were there. And um, hang on. Oh. Uh, let me pull up the email. It's, wow. I'll get you the title of the books here. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, let's see. The title of the book was Human Sexuality in the Middle Ages and Renaissance. <laughs> so there you go. And there was a fire drake on the picture. Fucking a, fire drake for sure. Fucking fire drake. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Actually, it sounds like an interesting book to read. Come to uh, think no. of it, yeah. Well, we had the author, and I can put the link in the show notes. Well, for you guys. I was going to say, Chris, give us a give us a shout and a book review when you get done with it. Yeah, <laughs> no joke. Wouldn't see how it actually is here. Let me see here. So there's that, Angela. Don't you have something else for I us? I do a five star review. Oh, Angela's alive. <laughs> Yes. She remains alive. Thank you, Mary B1. She gave us five stars on Apple Podcasts and she says, love, love these demon ladies. Discover the world of all souls with the brilliant TV adaptation, quickly read all the books, and then went looking for a podcast. These demons don't disappoint. They are funny, thoughtful, and clever with an in-depth discussion of the books, TV show, and whatever else comes up. Give them a try and see if you can stop laughing. Oh my God. Wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I guess housekeeping was all about pumping our egos. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, all of you. Yes. Well, that is awesome. We used to put that at the end of our videos. We need adulation too, right? Yes, yes. we do. In lattes. Adulation in lattes. Keith is going. <laughs> so little to hang on 
on to in this world. <laughs> oh it's God. just that. We just need the cheers. Thank you so thank much. You so yeah, much. thank you. We're glad we can bring you some cheers, too. Glee, exactly. All right, so now we're on to Save It for the Show, and it is brought to you by Ivana Ocurso. Thank you, Ivana. Thank, thank you. you. Ooh, we're going to be seeing you in like a month or so. So really excited. Crazy. By yeah. the time you hear this, yeah. It'll be a month. Oh, wow. month. About a month from the con. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. Okay, so this episode, save it for the show, the topic is tour time. Fast and furious things to happen after this. Go on, Gene, lead Oh, us. man. Well, you guys are listening to this. Deb's in the middle of her whirlwind mini tour. Angela will have just seen her, and I will probably be seeing her when you listen to the night you listen to this. That's right. So, when you're listening to this, Gene's going to be in Dallas in a so bookstore. watch your Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, actually, Dallas is going to be at the Alamo uh, Draft House at, oh, at that's a right. theater. At, and, at a theater. And we're getting an episode. You guys are getting blessed with an episode, too. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know. Probably one. I don't know. Um. So, you guys, weird as it may be, when we saw the tour stops, there is one stop at each of our backyards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was kind of scary. I was like, what, what? the fuck? Right. <laughs> what fresh hell is this? It's like, I'm going to visit the demons. I'm going to stop here, here, and here. Well, I'm not saying Deb said that, no, but I'm right. saying something, oh, that's what it something like. happened. <laughs> that's what it looked like. I'm like, what? And then the la- and number four, it's Renee. It's Renee. That's right. Renee will be in the Massachusetts stop. She'll She's be gonna... at South Hadley. That's right. Laura Vin- sure will be with me in Seattle. She's using some of those frequent flyer miles and come visit me. Cool. And we're mm-hmm. going to chill out in Seattle and Jean, I'm sure there's plenty of people signing up in Dallas. Come yep. see you. So, not to make see sure me. Well, no, never to see me. Come come go see Deb and while you're there, take a glance at Jean, you know. Yeah. And stop and say hi to her. Stop and say hi to all of us. Yes. Seriously. Say hello. Where were the stops what, what? last time near us for the, the publication? Mine was St. Louis. That was the closest. Yours was Oregon? Austin. Mine yeah. was Austin. Portland was mine. Yeah. They were, yeah. None of us went. We couldn't, we didn't make drive. No, I made it down no. to Austin. I drove down to Austin oh, in the okay. rain. That's right. She she got the Barnes & Noble's oh, uh, yes. copies that's, that's for right. us. That's right. Yeah. And then I took those down to uh, book people. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops. There it is. There it is. I will be bringing Deb the uh, t shirts. I'll be giving her the gift t shirts. Oh, yes. Yeah. The friend of the pod. And I will be giving her the gifts to take back to Wales with her to gift to Tristan. Yes. Uh, and and lovely Sarah. And Sarah, his fiance, I don't know, wife by now, whatever. I don't know her. I don't know their lives. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they announced her engagement on Twitter. So, well, uh, she requested the Baldwin bus, and we're here to provide. So I will be delivering that to them. And I am going to give our TV Baldwin a demon shirt, mad, bad, and dangerous. Oh, to that's know. awesome. Since, since he does need a little bit of a warning label on him, uh, he does. <laughs> he does. He does. So. <laughs> That's my favorite one yet. Uh, it is my favorite one, I think. Yeah. Our original Mad, Bad, and Dangerous is pretty cool. Oh, I just need yeah. to find 
I need to find a vendor that will do both sides yes. as yes. far as printing. And then I think we'll resurrect those when I can good. find a good one. Yes, those were fun. That's, yeah, that has the honorary place in my heart. Yes. And that has the Feed Your Demons on the back, which I love. Yes, that was our first one. Good. After this, it's going to get crazy, I feel like. Yes, very crazy. <laughs> well, I th- if it isn't already crazy in two weeks, because I, I do have a, do have a feeling we will also be in the beginning stages of Black One, and Black One seems like it's going to be present day scenes. July is going to be a madhouse. July is going to be insane. Well, this, they, this is our advice to everybody. Just keep your cool. Yeah. yeah. They announced the director. Uh, for Sharon Blackburn. He, yep. And he said that he is directing the first, last and a few episodes in between. Wow. Goodness. That's quite That's a few. Cool. And it's not like yeah. it's not like block one, block two, block three, like they yeah. did it the first time around. It's, it's peppered in there. Yeah. And we have our Phoebe. We, we do have our Phoebe. Phoebe. We do have our Phoebe. So I'll put that in the show notes too. And I added it to our TV page, which, which is, is already starting. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, kind of growing. And eventually it'll be more than just a bunch of tweets. I believe we'll have more pictures and more things to share. But mm-hmm. right now it's pretty much a collection of tweets and links. So, I mean, if you missed anything, you know, stop by. It would be It'll, It's there. all in one place. It is. And that is visit.demonsdomain.com. I believe it's 8 TV News. Is that right, Angela? I think so. I think so. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> so, anything else for the Saver for the Show? Oh, this is a short just, and sweet one. Well, the Saver for the Show, I guess it, it's like, guys, things are going to get crazy. It's going to get a little bit next level. Um, just maybe the caution is keep calm and be be kind. It's good. Be kind. Because we do see some things that happen on Twitter where people get very uh, not kind. Grabby. I don't know, for lack of things to say online, grabby, like entitled, like yes. give me the answers now. No, it'll all come out in due time. So just be patient. Just be patient. Be kind. Um, it's coming. Yeah. And uh, unsolicited advice at this point is probably right. not necessary. No. No. <laughs> no. And for those of you who are wondering, when is season two coming out? Not till 2020, okay? Yeah. So Not till 2020. We can Just all calm down about that. Cool your jets. Um, Pump the brakes. Anybody, if you're going to be anywhere around, try and get to a tour stop. If it's drivable, I mean, do it. I, I highly recommend it. It's a chance to meet Deb, see Deb, have a chance to chit chat with Deb and I think those chances are going to start becoming fewer and far between. Is Wisconsin mountain time? Central. No, Wisconsin central. Oh, so she didn't she didn't hit the mountains. Well, she hit Dallas instead. Yeah. So uh, originally, I think the plan was uh, four time zones. But yeah. mm-hmm. Well, there's not much in... Where do you go on mountain time zone? Denver. New Mexico. Yeah, Denver. Oh, that's right. Denver. Well, she was, <laughs> she was in Denver. No, she was in Denver. For the hardcover tour, she was in Denver. Yeah. So, I mean, she didn't want to repeat a stop and the only other options are basically Idaho and Utah. Mm. She could have gone on to New Mexico. She likes that Jean Cocteau theater. Mm. Yeah, well, that's hard to get into. And that, isn't that George Martin's yeah. place? Yep. Anyway, if you were close to any of those places, she kind of zigzags across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Maybe she down, wants new boots. Up down. <laughs> Maybe she's shopping for more, for more boots. That's why she's coming back to Dallas. She got the northern portion and yeah. uh, she kind of zigzags and weekend, up and down. It looks like a weekend at home. I do have to yeah. say, not Dallas so much, but the other three are her original Discovery Witches places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Third place so books. kind of went back to yeah. roots. Yeah, we did third place books. Yeah, we did for Book of Life. Oh, that's where we met Pam. Yes. Or maybe I should say it was her Book of Life because she went to Boswell also in Milwaukee for the Book of Life. Ah, okay. Is that what you saw before? These these are all Book of uh, of Life. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because Bos, you saw about her for Boswell for Book of Life. I she was in Dallas, but at the Barnes and Noble. No, we went to we went to Austin. You and I went to Austin to the Book People for the Book of Life. Oh, I skipped, okay. I skipped Milwaukee to go to Austin with you. Oh, that's right. And then then for the paperback, she did Dallas. Yeah. Yes. Because I I know yeah because she she was also in Dallas because I think that's where I met Teresa Teresa M. Yeah, right. she yeah. was there and Tommy and a couple other folks and Angel. Uh, right. A lot of folks that came up from Houston for that one because they had missed her at Murder by the Book. Oh, right. So her tour stops, she used to have a very long tour schedule. Mm -hmm. But now that she's producing the show, she doesn't have as much time. She's writing a book as well. So all that's coming up. So, you know, be forgiving. And if you can make it and use some of those frequent flyer miles for those of you who frequently fly. A road trip, whatever. Get in that car, start the engine and go. (laughs) Strap in and go if you want to see her this year. I think this is the opportunity. Uh, if you can't go to the con, maybe it might be worth it to make the road trip. Oh, I yeah. don't know. Or even if you can go to con, it'd probably be worth it to not have to lug books because there is not mm-hmm. going to be a signing and there's probably not going to be an opportunity to get Deb to sign anything because right. we're all okay. getting book plates instead. This is all last minute because currently we are in the middle of the tour. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> but if we're you... time walking back and you're hearing about all our preparations as we're like, I know, driving to I the know. tour. So as we are in the middle of the tour, if you're feeling spontaneous, hop in a car and go. Uh, all of those are listed on our website, and I will put a link to that in the show notes to all the venues and what you need to do. Tickets, if they're purchase, if you need to purchase a ticket, if you need to purchase a book, what you need to do, it's all there. Dallas needs you need a, uh, it's a five dollar ticket purchase. It's all redeemable in food since they're having it at the movie theater. <laughs> it's kind of ah. strange. <laughs> That is, that is. So <laughs> and eat your $5 books. worth and then so. <laughs> yeah, and then, you, and then you can buy books there. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Are we good? We're good. I think we're good. We're good. So stick with us. Uh, sit through the break. Take some notes during the break. I mean, because it tells you where our social media is, where to find us, how to talk to us, all of that. Enjoy the break. Yes. See you on the other side. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at demonsdiscuss or at demonsdomain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text ADOW as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text ADOW to 444-999 or visit demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the form and spammer code, and that's it, you're a discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! Oh, my last thought is I really need to get our panel done. (laughs)
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I've, been, I've been digging and playing, and it's, but it's just like, oh, my God, time is starting to, time is starting to speed up. It is creeping up on us. Yes, yes big, yes. big time. Well, and rest assured, you can put any polishing touches on it. We have a flight ahead of us, Gene. Oh, that's true. Yes, we do. <laughs> a transatlantic got, flight. We've got a transatlantic flight in front of us, and I've got to fly up early in the day and meet you at the airport. Yes, yes. So much and you fun. people need to get sleep on that flight, too. So, I mean, use your time well. <laughs> use our time wisely. <laughs> oh, God. Although, who can yeah. go to sleep at like five o'clock at night? That's going to be tough. I don't know. Booze it up. Do something. Oh, they say, don't do that. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to booze it up. They said to use some, take melatonin. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't we'll know. I, I'm, a, I'm a demon. I do what I want. I don't, I don't care that, if you go, eh. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact we'll probably be up for a week. Listen, I'm just going to purchase the Wi-Fi on my flight and uh, we'll talk. That's it. <laughs> we'll have conversations. Normally I'm pretty cheap with that, but no, I'm just going to go ahead and purchase the yeah. Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh my God. I yeah. got nine and a half hours to And fly. you might as well do it right in the beginning. Don't wait like two hours and go, oh, all right, now I want it. Just do it yeah, right for the yeah. beginning. Yeah. It's like, nope, I want the Wi-Fi. Come on, Virgin Atlantic. Let's do this. Oh, see? Yeah, there you go. Although I don't know if British Airways will be like compatible. <laughs> they may have some like... <laughs> I don't know. Is British Airways uh, equipped? They, they, they have be. to. I would they think so. They must be. Doesn't Deb flies British Airways when she can't get on American? Uh, don't get me started on American. Every time we drop Angela off, I know at the American thing, I'm like, oh my god, this is like Ghetto Airlines. Yes, <laughs> no, I think it was United that was Ghetto Airlines. No, it's no, American. It's American. Oh, well, that doesn't surprise me. Although I may, I, I'm going back and forth about just using my miles and flying into Midway and jacking around, or just paying for a cheap flight to straight to O'Hare so I don't have to drive across town. Oh my God. No, United just treats their passengers shitty. <laughs> <laughs> they just kill pets. They kill pets. They beat on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> America just cancels flights whenever they fucking feel like it. Every time, every time we've like walked around and dropped Angela off at her gate, it's been like, what the fuck is this JKS? Yeah, and that was LAX. <laughs> yeah, that was LAX. Oh, I was God, like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> oh, that is the worst. That is yeah. the worst. Because I know every time I finally told my office, if you can avoid it at all, do not schedule me on American because two thirds of the time, whatever flight I was on, it ended up canceled. Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, like they were always famous for canceling half the flights going to Oklahoma City mm. all the time. I mean, and there'd not be a cloud in the sky. Mm. You fly a lot on Southwest, don't you? Yeah. If I can help it, I fly on Southwest. And I always if I can la- help it, it's usually Alaska yeah. for me. I always laugh. It's like, they, they're always sending me like uh, drink coupons and stuff. And, it's, and it seems like, okay, I finally use one and then Two weeks later, I get four more in the mail. They just try to keep you drunk on the flights. I rarely, I rarely, 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 if ever, use them. It's kind of funny. Wow. Angela, how about thought? you? Yeah. Well, I'm sure it came up in your Facebook feed today because Jean posted a year ago today. Happy Best Friends Day. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was a picture of us at Muriel's Jackson Square. I was having a French 75. Oh, you guys were having was, gin and tonic. That was the oh, ghost, yeah. the lady with the, the lady that was not happy about our ghost conversation. Yes. That's oh, right. yes. I remember that. Wow. That was a that was a fun afternoon. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a con afternoon. Yeah. Was it? Yes. That was when we were down for the con. We, that was, okay, our, that so, was the day we got there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was the day we got there. It was before Deb arrived, too, because she tweeted out. And she's like, I'm on my way. We're like, we're waiting for you. <laughs> yes. when we tweeted back. We're yeah. waiting for yeah. you. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. I shall look after we're done here. Yeah, ah. yeah it popped up. And then if you use the hashtag best friends forever using number four, uh, a little Woody emoji pops up because Toy Story 4 is coming out. Oh. <laughs> Every one of those movies make me cry. I know. I don't know why. I, know. I don't know what it is. Oh, that one was like traumatic. I think for me, it's because was when it the end of Toy Story 3 was like, I would not let a kid watch that. The first one came out. Asa was just a wee little boy. Aww. And then by the time Andy was going off to college, I was like, oh, God. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like they timed it perfectly throughout his life. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, Asa had just left the nest when Toy Story 4 came out. And I was like, oh, my God. So <laughs> yeah, all those make me cry. That and uh, Monsters, Inc. at the very end. They're so oh, clever, though, too. I know. I know. <laughs> so was that your last thought? Best Friends Day? Yep. Yeah. Happy BFF Day. Oh. Happy BFF. BFF forever. 80s style. 80s style. In the little triangle notes. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The little uh, in the finger things. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know what the game, car the is full- your favorite? Who are you going to marry? I know. Yes. A, B, C, or D. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So uh, my last thought, Purple Notebook Guesses. That's still a thing, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Deb is working on a character that for her next book, she's outlining the character in a Purple Notebook. Who's in the Purple Notebook? Who's in the Purple Notebook? Who is it? And this is going to be an ongoing thing. I will put a link in the show notes yeah. as far as a survey question put in your question your name and email address and we will put it in with all the rest of the guesses and yeah. uh when she reveals we'll go through our answers and we'll give out a prize we haven't decided the prize yet but it's going to be good because we're usually good like that i yeah. have a i have a big kind of speculation slash whiteboard kind of thing i, I going have, on now yeah well, no, I, in, in this minute, I, I've, I've got a feeling that i'm not saying that this may even come to pass, but I think there might be an intention that they hope it comes to pass. Okay. Is I think maybe they're trying to keep the process with the new book moving along at a quick enough pace so that they can have a symbiotic release with the next season, either just before or to follow the season on TV so the energy can feed off of one another. Oh, well, that would be smart. Yeah, so that's, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I kind of get the feeling that that's where some of this is going, which is why Deb is so off the grid. Right. Do you have any new guesses for us? Or no, guess, I'm no. still sticking with, what is my guess? My guess is kind of Miriam, I think. Miriam, I think, is what you went with. Yeah. Angela, did you have any guesses? No, I I don't know. I haven't had any feelings strong enough about it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I originally thought Baldwin, but I don't know. I really don't. Uh, Nothing I'd commit to because I might change my mind. Although Deb did say she finally got... Got ahead of steam back on Serpent's Mirror too. So yeah, that I care yeah. about. That yeah. I care about. Yeah. See, after after you mocked me and told me my heart would break. 
<laughs> and I was like, hey, yeah, I'm moving along on Serpent's Mirror. I was like, ah, I was right. I know. <laughs> okay. That's, but that's my feeling in, in but, general. Like I said, I'm not even kidding you. From the from the book of life, I don't even care what comes out. So I don't even have an opinion on what the purple notebook is, something. even if it's for fun. Yeah, yeah. I just want something. I don't care what it is anymore. Yeah. And, and at some point in time, someday, some way, I really like the Serpent's Mirror because I just yeah. want to know. I want to find out what the title's from because I have thoughts. Oh, okay. All right. So to add on to my last thoughts, uh, the con is coming. It's almost all planned. Um, I don't know if there's going to be tickets available at this point in time. I'm not even going to guess. But if you guys are going to the con, we will have a vendor's table. So stop by and see us. Uh, we won't have t-shirts or anything. That's what a Redbubble store is for because we'll I am not jewelry. I'm not hauling a bunch of t-shirts with me. So <laughs> we will have some trinkets and jewelry for you to purchase. All proceeds will get folded back into our operation here. So that Patreon and our Redbubble store is keeping us afloat and helping us not crack into our personal budgets. So thank you for that. Yes, thank and you guys. Us on the air. Exactly. Uh, I think we may have a giveaway for those who aren't going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, we um, usually do. So there won't be live streaming this year, but the main sessions will be recorded live. The fan sessions will not be recorded, but we are working on something with Laura and we're hoping to record footage of our TV panel to air later on our podcast. And yeah, that's it. Don't forget to visit our Redbubble store. Get yourself a t-shirt, a mug, a mouse pad, a pouch, something. I don't know. There's something for everybody. The Fitzio shirt still the scarves. Don't forget yeah. the scarves and yeah. the, the uh, leggings. Leggings, that's right. We you have the witch Sarah's, ball. Sarah's witch ball is on a pattern on a scarf and on leggings. I don't know. I can't attest to the quality of the leggings. I hope they're good. Shelly said she might try it out for me one day. I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Dr. Um, Shelly, let us know. Yeah, that's it. That's all I have. Anybody else have any other things to add before we close this out? Nope. Nope. Oh, I feel like this was a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Take that, Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you in a fortnight.